Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. We we had several dads uh, reach out, which was really nice. The other thing is there were dads in the NICU with me. So, you know, I could go in the in the rest area and just kick it with these dads that were wonderful in Arkansas and uh, kind of we we kind of got each other through it. Hey everyone, welcome to Attentive Fatherhood on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Bradley Hasemeyer. Each week, I bring you honest and hilarious conversations with men from all types of backgrounds. But at the end of the day, we all just want to be better dads. Hey, attempters, question. What happens when an Emmy Award-winning news anchor leaves his career to start a new one and decides to write a children's book? All during a pandemic, of course. Well, only Craig Lucy can answer that. But first... Welcome to the show and happy Thanksgiving. How was your Thanksgiving? Oh my gosh. Can you believe it? We are only weeks away from Christmas. What? I don't know if you're like me, but this part of the year is always, it's a flurry of activity. It's just craziness going on. There's family negotiations between kids, between spouses. You're trying to figure out which relative's house you're going to. You're dealing with those Family dynamics. Ah, family dynamics. Those are two words I never considered when I was trying to pick out a spouse. Thankfully, we have good family dynamics. But that's the that's the complicated game show that no one wanted to be on, but everyone seems to be in. Da, 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 da. Family dynamics. I think that's how the opening would go. Uh, so anyway, I, I'm curious. Is this a fun, enjoyable time for you guys? Does this really stress you out? I would say, personally, I'm a little bit of both to varying degrees. Um, you know, like I said, the idea of family dynamics was something I never considered when I was when I was thinking about having a family. But but what's interesting is as we've lived through this, you know, we've established our family rules, our rhythms, etc. And then we go to a family member's house or in laws' place for a holiday, and all of a sudden it can be a little bit tricky. Uh, And if that's you, I just want you to know you're not alone. You're not alone in this struggle. Uh, There's there's a lot of other men and women going through this, trying to figure it out. And so I was trying to think, how am I going to do better this year? How am I going to get through this season in a better way? It's Christmas. I want to enjoy this time. This is, this is holiday season. So I'm going to, I'm going to preempt with empathy and understanding. That sounds like some just like heebie-jeebie, I don't know, therapy stuff that I got. But here's the deal. Um, like if we're driving to our in-laws place, I'm going to do some, some mental prep. Right, my in-laws are fantastic people. My wife's family is full-time family. They are the poster child for family. They talk all the time. They are very involved in each other's lives. That is not how my family is. We'll talk every couple of months, and we're great. They talk every few seconds, and that's how they have their family. And so I remember about ten years ago, we went there for Christmas, and I was just overwhelmed. There was so much talking, and there was noise, and there was people coming and going, and I was just like. I got to get out of here. I need some time alone. I need to go for a run. So now whenever we do that, we bake that in. I know, and Kirsten and I both have a shorthand. She's kind of watching me and I'm kind of, you know what? I think I'm going to go for a run this afternoon during nap time or whatever. Uh, Kirsten, of course, needs time alone when we go to my parents' place too. Uh, and, And that's, you know, it's just smart. It's just smart. It's not offensive. It's not mean. It's just helpful. Anyway, so there's a little tip, a little road trip hack for your upcoming um, holiday celebration times, 
And that can also be just as vital for siblings, not just, you know, parents and in-laws, maybe coworkers even and that kind of thing. But anyway, a little pre-production on your end, a little communicating. What do you need to get through this? Here's what I need to get through this. And I think that's going to help all of us. Um, oh, recently saw this thing about Jeremy Renner. I don't know if you guys saw this. He plays Hawkeye in Marvel's new series. Uh, he's a great actor. Um, really interesting. Love to, to watch him. He's been in all the kind of MCU Marvel Universe uh, movies. Uh, after his daughter was born, this came out recently, a Men's Health article, and then people picked up on it. And uh, so it, it came up on my feed. But after his daughter was born, he was commuting from London to LA back and forth for about a year and a half. That sounds awesome for about a month and a half, not a year and a half. And uh, all of a sudden he said, hey, Marvel, you know what? Screw this. You can recast me. I'm not doing this. I'm not going back and forth anymore. I'm going to be at home with my daughter. I need to spend more time with her. I need to prioritize her. Now, yes, he does have a pair of Oscars, but he's also Hawkeye. You know what I mean? He's not Tony Stark. He's not Iron Man. So it's a pretty ballsy move uh, as it's kind of like, I would say like second or at least or third level character. Um, but Marvel stepped up and they said, yeah, okay. So from now on, any movie actually that, that Jeremy Renner does, he's got that baked in. I don't know if it's in a contract or an agreement or what the deal is. It didn't go into the specifics, but I thought, wow, that's, that's a, a good reminder to me, you know, that, that I, maybe I need to be, um, prioritizing my kids within my business as well. Thinking of them as an asset, of course, so that I can be at my best and, and also, you know, businesses come and go and, and that's always hard when you're freelance because you're like, oh, I need this gig. I got to have this thing. Um, so anyway, I don't know. It was something I was thinking about. I wanted to share it with the greater community. All righty, on to the show. So this week, Attempting Fatherhood is Craig Lucy. This guy is an Emmy Award winning news anchor here in Atlanta and he recently stepped away to spend more time with his kids, kind of like we were just talking about with Jeremy Renner. He has recently started his own content marketing company. He also just wrote a kid's book called Hold You. We talk about his wife's really complicated second birth. It got scary for a while. They had to move to uh, Arkansas because the hospital there was better. We also talked about how uh, we are experiencing a time right now, some of you guys can relate to this, called the sandwich generation. I'd never heard this term before. He's a journalist, so he's smart. But essentially, it's it's people who are taking care of their kids and also their parents. And I'm not quite there yet, but I know a lot of people a few years ahead of me are in that mix, and he's talking about him being in that mix. And also what the inspiration was for his book. It's a really cute story. His dad stats, he's been married 20 years, and he has a six and a two and a half year old boy. So obviously they were married for a while before kids. His book is out and it's available at craiglucy.com and on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. So go check it out. We did this interview way back in October, but uh, the book now is out and ready to go. Could be a good gift, good holiday gift. How about that? Um, also a reminder to be following Craig on Twitter at Craig Lucy, L-U-C-I-E. And remember to be following us at Attempting Fatherhood on Instagram. We are just about to pass 400 ads and that's amazing. Thinking if I had like 400 ads in a room and was like talking and interviewing people, that would be amazing. So thank you guys for everything. Also, a quick reminder, share the show. The whole way that we grow this thing and blow this thing out of the water is you. Yes, you listening right now in your car, on the treadmill, out hunting. I don't know whatever you're doing listening to the show. Share the show. Send the link. Repost on social. Whatever. Anyway. That's how it's going to be going. Okay, enough of me talking. Time to find out how Craig Lucy is attempting fatherhood. (laughs) 
thank you, Craig Lucy, for being on Attempting Fatherhood. This is great. It's awesome to be here. Thanks for having me. I got to call out the really cool light fixture over your head. Uh, it's very <laughs> modern. It's very minimal. But uh, you know, it's nice. Right there, there oh, yeah, I got it's a, a crown on. Uh, that's good. It's like a, an illuminated crown. It's a halo <laughs> of sorts. Welcome to my empty home office. We got this house about a year ago, and it's taken a year to get furniture. So apparently, <laughs> we're told it might arrive next week. We'll see if that actually happens. No, everything checks in the mail, right? Uh, yeah, it's gonna it'll be there next week. Yeah, right. Hopefully, hopefully. Yeah, it's funny. I have some friends. Uh, the wife is an interior designer, and they ordered a couch, and it took like six months. And it wasn't even some super high-end couch. I think it was like West Elm or something. And it was just like the supply shortage across the board, everything from automotive industry to construction to uh, textiles, everything. It's crazy how long it's taking to kind of like get back going again. It is unbelievable. You know, my wife, she's a uh, vice president with Dillard's Department Stores. And so oh, yeah. she's always dealing with the supply chains. and. She actually was talking to a friend the other day saying, if you think it's bad now, just Uh-oh. wait, it's going to be even worse. What? No, why? Why is yeah, it going to be worse? Just trying to get the, you know, everything's kind of shifting from China. So all these other countries are getting into manufacturing and it's just getting that product over from these countries is, uh, is a real challenge. Get, you know, as you know, getting people just to come to work right now is a big challenge. Right. So it's, right. There's a staffing shortage as well. Yeah. For everything. I, I had never seen up until recently, signs that were like, like handwritten at Wendy's on the like drive-through. That's like, we're hiring today, right now. Just come yes. in, we'll give you a job. It was like, that's how desperate they are. Like, do you have a little bit of time? Do you have like an hour you could just like step in here and do some fries? Like, do you have was, a heartbeat? <laughs> yeah, that's all. That's all it takes. Are you alive? Yes, <laughs> that's exactly. the new bar. Well, dude, thanks for being on the show. Um, I want to start things off with your dad stats. All right, dad stats. So I met my wife. We both went to SMU. I met her when she was a freshman. I was a sophomore, and we have been together since. So that was 2002, approaching 20 years. Wow, college uh, sweetheart. Crazy. <laughs> and then we got married in 2009, and. We had a great time before we had kids, and then when we had kids, it got even better, but more challenging, as you know. Yes. Uh, so we have a six-year-old little girl and a two-and-a-half-year-old boy who's downstairs. Hopefully, he won't just barge in here and disrupt the podcast. But he's You know what? If there's a podcast to interrupt for a kid, this would be a totally acceptable one. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, that's cool. And then is there a thought of, okay, let's, let's keep growing this family. Are you like, we want to have 30 kids and counting. Are you like, we're feeling pretty good. We've repopulated the earth. We've replaced ourselves. I heard, I had a dad tell me that one time. He's like, <laughs> me and my wife have replaced ourselves. One boy, one girl. We are done as, as humans. Our obligation to populate the earth is finished. Yeah, I feel the same way. Um, we we would have more. I'll tell you this, Bradley. We had a really tough second pregnancy with okay. our little boy Liam, and my wife had what's called complete placenta previa. So, for any dads listening out there, if your wife has this, please reach out to me. I can give you kind of the play by play. So he arrived two and a half months early. We did a lot of time in the NICU. He weighed three pounds. I mean, he was like the size of my palm. He weighed three pounds when he arrived. It was really scary. And he was in the NICU for two and a half months. And I think it was day six or seven of life. He got a bad staph infection and like he was lifeless. It was it was terrifying. So we went through a lot, but we had incredible family and friends who support us throughout the whole ordeal. And now like 
he, I, I want to say he caught up for a premature baby. He got back on the scale in about six months and he, there's, he's completely fine. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Was he, it a tough so, pregnancy from the standpoint of like your wife having like she was sick and all that, or was it more so specifically the delivery and, and everything after that? It was all along. So she was on bed rest for three months. So there were certain signs that started happening. We're here in Atlanta and my yeah. wife's from Little Rock and we don't have family here. So we really needed some family support. So we basically shipped the family to Little Rock. My wife was on bed rest. I was working and I'd fly to Little Rock Friday nights, come back first thing Monday morning. And you know, her, her parents were incredible throughout this whole ordeal to take care of her. We put my daughter who was three at the time, we enrolled her in a Little Rock school. And um, thankfully everything was okay. But I really wanted to share that story here on Attempting Fatherhood because you might have soon to be dads uh, listening like you do have. And if they get in this situation, I just want them to know everything's gonna be okay. You know, it's, it's scary at like week 24, um, but he came at, actually her water broke at week 29. He ended up staying in there. So he arrived at 31 weeks. Wow. I know. Wow. It's, it's crazy. The technology in these hospitals and the NICUs is, is top notch. And we had the best doctor, Dr. Paul Wendell out of Little Rock. He's, he's uh, Liam's godfather. And, you know, hats off to UAMS in, in Little Rock, Arkansas. Amazing that, you know, those are the types of stories that I think a lot of times dads can feel like this is my siloed experience. Like everyone else had a kid so easy, like that, you know, my friend's wife just popping out kids and there's no problem. And, and it can sometimes feel like we're the only ones going to the NICU. We're the only ones going to the hospital. We're the ones that did we do something wrong? Was it prenatal? Was it, is it genetic? I mean, I, I just, I know, uh, you know, a number of dads who have had similar experiences and, and it can feel very isolating. Did you feel that during this or did you have other dads like yourself kind of reach out and say like hey we've been through something similar like you know that kind of thing we we had several dads uh reach out which was really nice the other thing is there were dads in the NICU with me yeah so you know I could go in the in the rest area and just mm. kick it with these dads that were wonderful in Arkansas and uh kind of we we kind of got each other through it um you know my my at times I had to just turn off my phone the the support system was it, it, it was incredible, but it also got a bit overwhelming. So yeah. like, and you know, we just, just, we would play like spa music in, in the uh, hospital room. Like we, we had sp like Spotify spy, I swear, playing for three plus months. It totally threw off the algorithms of all your, uh, all your hardcore <laughs> rap. Uh, yeah, I'll, have, I'll have a gathering at my house and, you know, we, we're in Atlanta, so we love some hip hop and then yeah. all some spa music will play. They're like, right, what right. is this playlist that you have going on? <laughs> Eclectic tastes. What can I say? I'm a man you of You never many, know what you're going to get. genres. I love That's that. That's right. Uh, well, I'm glad everything uh, has worked out and is working out. And um, your kids informed the book. So tell me a little bit about kind of how that came up. And, and I love the story behind it. So my daughter, when she was getting up there and, and started talking a few words, we as dads and moms, we looked down and said, do you want me to hold you? And then she just kept saying, hold you, hold you, hold you. 
And as I mentioned, when I released this book in my video, I, we would go to birthday parties every weekend and I just hear, hold you, hold you, hold you. From other kids saying it to their parents. They're all saying it to their parents, like crawling up their legs with their arms up, like hold you, hold you. Yeah. And they're like, do you want me to hold you? In fact, I was just at a Braves game like two weeks ago and I was walking to our seats and a mom turned to her little boy and said, do you want me to hold you? And so now you just literally hear it everywhere. And uh, so I wrote the book, I wanna say it's been a year and a half or so, and I was just sitting on it and I sent it to my sister-in-law. She, she, her major was in creative writing and she said, I like it, needs some work here and there. You know, like a lot of people were stranded during COVID and I said, you know what, I just have to YOLO, gotta do this. Gotta try it, go for it. So like, you know, like all kids books, uh, especially cause I'm right in that uh, wheelhouse now of reading, you know, Brown Bear, Brown Bear, and uh, Muba La La La, and all, yes. you know all the classics. <laughs> yes. Um, Good night, Moon. Um, what is what is the the takeaway from the book? Is is it more just kind of this is a parental experience that we all have, or or what is the you know what is the meat of it? I guess the meat of it is really kind of a reminder for us to realize with our kids, time flies. We got to slow down. We have to really be present with them. Um, you with with my parents, they're getting older. I need to be present with them. So mm. it follows the child um, as they're born in the hospital, and we reflect throughout the book. Like I remember leaving the hospital with her. I remember the first birthdays. I remember when she was a baby. Those family introductions, and then go. You know the simple things in life that we do with our children: going to a park or going fishing, whatever it may be. Like. Um, so as the book progresses, the dad's getting a little bit older and more gray, and the ending is more about, okay, now I'm older, and you've been saying, hold you, hold you forever. Now that I'm an elderly person, would you please hold me, take care of me? And it yeah. kind of, we, we did a uh, post on LinkedIn about this sandwich generation, and the sandwich generation are people who are in our like our age group, 30s, 40s, taking care of their kids, also taking care of their parents. Mm. And they're, they're getting pulled in every which direction. Um, you know, with social media, we're constantly on our phones. So this book, when we say hold you, it's like when our kids are saying hold you, put the phone down and just mm. be present with them. And it, I feel like it's just a great reminder for me. Yeah. It's a lot like, um, you know, since I, I wrote this, I've had comments saying it's a really a lot like that book, Love You Forever, which I cannot, I cannot read that book. Um, I read it a couple times and it's waterworks for me. Um, and even this book too, I, I, <laughs> I get emotional when I read my own book. Yeah, that's good, that's um, good. Because it puts everything in perspective, you know. It's, life moves by so quickly and we all need to slow down and, and be present, be thankful for our kids. All right, guys, let's take a, a second just to, to talk about the dad bod. Hey, I don't know if you're someone out there who's dieted before, but the reality is diets aren't the same for everybody. You have biology, you have DNA sequencing in your body that's going to resonate with some diets and not others and certain parts of those diets and all that. So Calibrate is this, this new way to approach it. It's a comprehensive doctor-guided metabolic reset that promotes sustainable results through lifestyle changes. Yes, not just skip a meal and you're good to go. Calibrate works because they combine prescribed FDA-approved medication with lifestyle changes, so that improves your metabolic health. They offer a fully integrated program that includes classes, one-on-one -on -one video coaching, in-app tracking, 
and connection to community with members like yourself. They provide a comprehensive wellness plan personalized to your needs, so they make it easy to fit Calibrate into your busy schedule. With the app, you can look at it as often or as little as you like. Personally, I love tracking that kind of stuff, so I'd be looking at it a lot. All the goals you set are personalized and tracked, not just by yourself, but by doctors and coaches. That, to me, makes a lot of difference. So it's time to get back in control with Calibrate. You can get $50 off the one-year metabolic reset when you use promo code BLEAV, that's B-L-E-A-V, at joincalibrate.com. 50 bucks off when you use BLEAV at joincalibrate.com. Okay, enough about the dad bod. Let's get back to the show. I've had a bunch of dads on the show. One of them was a good friend of mine. It's actually in my wedding. And he talked about, you know, he was just like, I'm just so struck that you can't go backwards. He has a daughter in college and another getting ready to go to college. And he's like, there is no rewind. There is no like, you, you get a second chance, but it's in a different context and with different understandings. It's not like you've ruined your kids, but but the the time is that you have with them at that certain kind of period will only be that way for that amount of time. And there's no, there's no going back. And so um, is that something that you as a dad, like try to be better at, or, or is, is patience your Achilles heel or is it, is it uh, you know, like communication? Like what, what is it that you're trying to get better at as a dad? You always set an example. I mean, as dads, we, we mess up all the time yeah. and sure we can be impatient. Um, our kids can be wild and rambunctious and break something in the house and, and just be absolutely crazy. So for me, it's, it's just trying to teach my son things that my dad taught me and my, my mm-hmm. mom taught me. And so um, I think as, as your friend said, we, we can't hit rewind. And there was when my, I didn't even tell people that I was writing this book. I just kind of dropped it. I didn't even really tell my wife until I think a week before because I didn't You're like want Beyonce people. or Kanye. You just boom as an <laughs> album. Did you tell I anybody? I know I didn't want too many cooks in the kitchen, you know. Yep, it, yep. It, that's a good idea. You get too many opinions, and you you just like you can have a select few involved, and just do it the way that you're the way you feel. Like lead by your heart. Just go yeah. for it. And um, my wife said, you know, that that last page could have been like the dad waving goodbye to his daughter at college because she said, when when I went to SMU, like that was the only time I saw my dad like full on breakdown. This is you or your wife talking? This is my wife talking. Like she said, I wish like that last page was you waving to to my daughter adrian going to school because that for parents like she wow. said you just you just wait for all of us dads like yeah whether it's our son or daughter it's going to tear us up so there is no rewind and yeah. my wife travels a, a fair amount uh during the week i'm ha- starting to have to travel a bit as well and our weekends like are just the four of us a lot like we we are now homebodies and i think covid did that to a lot of folks like Let's not get a babysitter and go and do a couple's dinner this weekend. Let's just hang out at our house. And if people want to come over, do that. Or go over to our friend's house with our kids Mm -hmm. uh, because these days don't last long. Um, You had mentioned your dad earlier. I always like kind of hearing about where 
dad's inspiration comes from. You know, I've had dads on the show without dads, you know, uh, from birth, dad was gone. I've had dads that, uh, you know, their, their parents were around and then in their twenties, dad divorced or parents that are still around, you know, so it's, it's this mix. And some people have talked about mentors have been helpful. Some have said their dad, some have said their brother, you know, watching them with their kids type of thing. So where, where does your dad fit in the mix, uh, in terms of, you know, what is something that you really loved from your childhood that, that he did that you're incorporating with your kids? And then what is something maybe that you have decided, you know, either culturally doesn't make sense or number of kids doesn't make sense or whatever that you're actively leaving out? So my dad and my mom, I'm very fortunate. They, they've been together for a long time. I, I don't know their wedding anniversary, but... Uh, <laughs> I won't tell them. That's fine. Yeah, I know. So he, uh, he really embodies carpe diem. Uh, I mean, he is up early and Adam, he's an, he, he's since retired, but an orthopedic surgeon specializing in sports medicine. So doing total knees and shoulders all the time. He would be up late at night reading medical journals and up at five in the morning. He's run 10 marathons. He is a world ranked King Fisherman. So oh my I gosh. Him, yeah, I mean, he's. He, um, I grew up in Jacksonville, Florida, so he, he was not a golfer. Uh, last time he played golf, I think he said he was a teenager and got so frustrated <laughs> with the game, he tossed his whole golf bag in the lake and Done. never looked back. I'm like, out. It, it just, the game is too frustrating for him. Yeah. Where my grandfather played it, I play it, I love it. But he, you know, he had us up at four in the morning and we were deep sea fishing every weekend. Um, and career-wise, I was just at my, um, my former high school, Bowles, down in Jacksonville, and they honored him and had the most beautiful ceremony. They named the, um, the athletic facility after him because every Friday night, he was there for Friday Night Lights for 36 years wow. volunteering. And, and then he had his private practice, so Monday through Friday, private practice, doing surgeries, Friday Bowls games. Then he would do Jacksonville University football, basketball. He'd take us to those games. I was, I think it was two months ago, maybe a little bit longer. JU also named their athletic facility after him. <laughs> and then on Sundays, he was the head team physician for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So he um, he worked his behind off. He there was there was no downtime. He was going after after it. And now since he's retired. He went and he's become a pilot. So he's just like, nothing stops this man. I'm bored. I'll be a pilot. Why not? <laughs> yeah, why not? And and he's he's funny because he's always like running through boats. Like he'll hold a boat for a year and a half and they're like, hey man, check out this new one. And he's really proud of himself because he finally flipped. I'm like, dad, if you would just maybe invest in that boat company yep, uh, instead yep. of buying it and then and then maybe losing some money. He just made some money by by selling a boat called a Freeman, which they're like extremely popular now. OK, um, so he's very proud of himself for that. Uh, nice work, dad. Way to go. Uh, way to go. Um, but yeah, he he is the definition of carpe diem. And then does that, did that feel overwhelming? Like, did you feel like you too had to be going at that speed or was it just like, that's dad's thing. All right, I'm going back to bed. I mean, what did that feel like growing up? Um, I think it's, it's dad's thing, but I try to do it as well. I, I, I'm not the best morning person. I tend to work late at night. So we're kind of opposites. Um, but I've taken a lot of inspiration for the way that, that he lives his life and trying to do everything, which is why, you know, I, I had a great news career and I left news career to start this content marketing company. And I, um, he was kind of the master of his destiny. I had to become the master of my destiny. And so, 
there we we're capable of doing so many things we're only on this planet for so long so we have to yolo that's great that's great and then what about like was there anything that uh you know maybe he was too busy or maybe there was something you know that that you thought okay that was that was fine then but that doesn't really fit our family that's not really you know working for us anything like that that you could think of yeah, yeah, my mom, she'll listen to this, I'm sure. She'll say okay, good. that he was not present, that she raised us. Um, but that's why weekends were so special. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he was working pretty late at night. He'd have to travel. Um, and so with us, I, I think, you know, my, my wife being a, a working professional and she's she's got a wonderful job, um, we both kind of have to step up to the plate but also slow down so that we can be, th- be there for our kids. Like this morning, she, she last night she said, can you please set your alarm for me for 5 a.m. because I got to get a flight to go to Tampa. Um, so she was out the door super early. I take the kids to school. Um, and so we just kind of have to match our schedules and do what we can to take care of these kiddos. Yeah, it's really interesting to me because um, I was watching at least half, I haven't watched the whole thing, of the Lulu Row documentary that's out on Netflix. And it's like, you know, multi-level marketing and all this kind of thing. And one of the points that they made was, you know, we look at like, I'm 41. So I think we're in a similar demographic. I think, I don't know how old you are, but I would say 40. we're, yeah, we're okay. Close. Um, and so, you know, our parents, like, you know, we see like my dad worked, he was the breadwinner. He's an engineer, very traditional. Mom did everything else. Sounds similar to yours. Um, right. And then you have like our generation and you have a lot more of this, like almost uh, balance it seems like 50 50 in the home or 60 40 a lot a lot less 90 10 as it kind of was w- around us and part and one of the things that this lulu row documentary pointed out was all this for the first time you had the highest level of educated women college educated they had degrees everyone's telling them you're a woman you know go on your own do your own thing be your own person and then all of a sudden culture says throw you just had a kid throw on the brake stop everything now you're a mom and it was very confusing for for women and i think you know whereas before that there was just an expectation that like whenever you have a kid that'll be done like you know right. so i think now we're entering into this very different phase of like what is my role as a dad what is my role as a mom and i think really it's almost individual families that kind of create those definitions. Whereas before, I think it was kind of cultural. Like my wife and I split a lot of stuff. I'm almost like completely the chef at home. I cook almost every meal. That's me. She never knew how to cook. She's, she makes a, a fantastic black bean burger. And I'm not just saying that because she's in the other room and probably listening. <laughs> yeah. But she does make a really good uh, black bean burger. But so we've kind of through our marriage figured out what what roles there are. And so you know, I imagine with you as well, like shifting gears from going news, that's a very specific schedule. I hosted a, a pop culture news show for a couple of years in Phoenix, and that schedule was like seven to three, which was oh, just yeah. a kind of an odd schedule. It wasn't a morning show, so that was good. Um, but then you now mix that in with what you're doing and starting your own business. How have you been able to manage the kind of like work-life balance at home as far as roles and responsibilities and as well, just like in your own mental, like just staying sane. Yeah, well, yeah, I read, I read your bio and yeah, you you can relate being on TV and hosting and, and kind of living that lifestyle. When you're, you know, for all of the soon to be dads listening, I, I would say just take advantage because you'll look back and be like, what did I do with all that time? So much time. So much time. So much time. It's so and, true. And you have to kind of just let go of your, your selfish lifestyle. So to get... To answer your question, that work-life balance, um, 
it, it is kind of why I had to take a step back from news. It was not going to be sustainable. News is 24 seven. Uh, as I, you're 41, I'm 40. I didn't want to get in the position where I'm 45 and my kids are a little bit older and someone's telling me, no, you can't have Christmas off or no, you can't go to uh, your dad or mom's big milestone birthday. So right. I had, uh, and, and, and there's been, as, as we all know, a huge transition in just the news business in general. Right. Um, there were always aspirations to go network and my friends who are correspondents, I mean, I, I saw one in the airport. I'm like, how are you doing? He's got uh, two daughters. He's like, oh my God, I'm wiped out. He's been on the road for 200 plus days of the year. And I was thinking, oh. I just can't do that. And I, yeah. and I had a great, I, I work for WSB TV here in Atlanta and Atlanta's a top 10 market. I moved around a lot, um, but I had to just look 15, 20 years ahead to make sure that I could be present with my family and be more of in control of, of my life. And so um, I think with my wife and her demanding schedule and she launches a bunch of private labels for Dillard's department stores, she's doing some really cool stuff with influencers, like and they're kind of micro influencers, they might have yeah. 75,000 followers. And she is just crushing it and doing a great job and um, and she's able to go and do those things whereas I can be here and run my business in Atlanta and and be the guy to take the kids to school but we have a nanny fortunately who comes in at 10 in the morning and so from 10 until about 6.30 or 7 I've got to just grind and hit it hard. There are not enough hours in the day and that's also why I work late. Like I get my kids down and yep. then I'm oh, like totally. Till two in the morning. Now I can't really do that because my daughter started at a new school and we got to be up at six thirty. So, um, but you get it. I mean, yeah. the, we have to just work it together, figure out the schedules, and figure out the balance, and uh, make sure that one of us can drop everything and take care of our child if they need to, if they get sick, take them to the doctor, or whatever it may be. Yeah, I mean, and there's also a difference, obviously, between being present and being there. You know, like there are plenty of, I think, parents who are around their kids, but, you know, on the phone, like you were talking about, you know, or, you know, head is elsewhere because of stresses or because of work or whatever. And so, you know, so I find some dads, and this is also like love language stuff too, but like some dads will, uh, you know, it's like Monday through Friday, it's like nothing. Like no kids, but then Saturday through Sunday is all kids. Like we we pack it all in, and it's like full back. Like you know, the, this goes in the drawer, and we're staying at home. You know, whatever. And then some are more like you know, let's interact. You know, I take my kids to school, I pick them up. There's a little during the week, kind of a smattering. It sounds like that's kind of more you, like more like a little at a time, a little at a time. And then the weekends obviously are sacred, but a hundred percent. My wife, she. Uh, they like to go horseback riding on Sundays. That's our deal. So the, That's the awesome. girls go horseback riding. My wife grew up as an equestrian. And so uh, Liam and myself, we, we all pack in. We watch them do their riding lesson. And then this is up in the coming area. And so Sunday, we went to this great restaurant called Seven Acre Bar, uh, Bar and Grill. And she took my phone away. She's like, no phones. No uh, phones. Because, I like that. I mean, as you know, you know what you're, you're, you're running a business and uh, – you're on call like nonstop. Uh, so she's like, no phones. We're going to enjoy this lunch. And yeah. uh, all, she sounds like she's more disciplined in that way than you are. Maybe a hundred percent. Yeah. 
What, so what do you guys like to do on your weekends? You know, it's it's a mix of we have a we have a tradition of Saturday morning Chick Fil A. So I I get up uh, early with my son. Uh, let me rephrase that. He gets up and then I get up. Uh, he <laughs> yes. he wakes up around six fifteen or so on Saturdays. Sleeps in during the week when we all have to get up, and then on the weekends when we can sleep in. There's something just unwritten uh, in in the genetic code of a child that they wake up early on the weekends. But um, yeah, so he and I'll go uh, grab. A uh, little Chick-fil-A for everybody come back and then everybody else is waking up. My daughter is probably woken up and uh, redressed five or six of her dolls at that point and uh, done three or four arts and crafts. She's like me, man. She gets, she just wakes up, boom, ready to go. My wife is like, uh, you know, she's like a, um, uh, like a, like a, a canal that like slowly shifts <laughs> down. And by about 11 o'clock, she's talking and it's great. <laughs> she's talking. Uh, now I, I joke that my wife is the, uh, the highest maintenance, low maintenance person ever. Like she doesn't need a big diamond ring. She doesn't need to drive a Porsche. She doesn't need her time at the spa, but if she, but she needs 10.27 hours of sleep. If it's 10.3 it's too much. She's groggy. It's like, you know, I told you. Oh, you know. I mean, yes, and, that. and so there's, there's all those. T- no, it's, it's two scoops of sugar. If it's one, it's coffee's horrible. It's three. It's just too sweet. It's crazy. <laughs> um, I always joke with her. I'm like, you would be horrible at the end of the world. Like if the world is ending, I'm picking someone else for a companion to get oh, me through yeah. it. Um, how, but yeah, how old is your daughter? Uh, eight. Eight. Okay. So she's third grade. And um, yeah, so lots of learning going on there for everybody. Um, you know, it's, it's tough. Your, your daughter is how old? Six. Oh, six. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we're starting to get into, um, the socialization of kids not being nice or kids and, and they don't even know they're not being nice. A lot of times, like it's not yeah. really this nefarious kid. Who's the punk down the street. Who's just like out to get everyone. It's just that like this kid doesn't know that you say that and it's super hurtful. And so, you know, a lot of what we're moving into now, especially with her is like trying to uh, add empathy to understanding a situation, like where that kid's coming from, while at the same time allowing yourself to feel hurt. Not like, well, you shouldn't be mad because there's kids in Africa who aren't eating. You know, like you, you have to have the room to do that. Um, but you also, it's helpful to know that like, you know, that, that person is, is, is frustrated and they're angry and they're taking it out on you and they're not even angry at you. They're angry. Um, and it's like so much of that is from my wife's conscious approach to mental health and life and all that. And my wife definitely makes me a better husband, but I'm just like, man, she's getting tools that I wish I had when I was a kid. Yes. You know, that stuff was never, we just didn't talk about that. That was one of the things that I don't think anyone told my parents to be talking about that. So it wasn't like they were actively like, no, we're against this. But there was just not that conversation or culture around like, like kind of digging into why you're feeling this way or, you know, just kind of talking about feelings, I think was just not a thing. Yeah. And that's, I I was watching uh, NFL football this weekend and the NFL had a a spot about, you know, uh, people who were players who were dealing with some mental health issues. Yeah. And it was, it was a good, it was a good commercial just saying it takes all of us. And yeah. that, oh, that cool. is something that was not addressed to your point, uh, of just a few years ago. Yeah. Uh, and we're, we're, we're getting a little hint of that, you know, since your daughter's eight, we're at six. When she comes back from school, she'll say, Oh, so-and-so called me stupid. 
And I'm like, well, why, why did they do that? Oh, I don't know. I just, and I said, you just don't hang out with them. Go the yeah. other way. When I was younger and I was going to be a dad, everyone's you're going to love being a dad. It's going to be great. And, and these were some of the things that I expected, like these types of conversations. But I didn't get here until now. It's been like eight years. So, you know, the first couple of years, I was like, this is crazy. What have I done? Am I broken? Am I a bad dad? Because I'm not loving this baby thing that's in the crib over there that we're waking up at all hours for am i wrong you know um and i imagine for for yourself too having the you know adding the mix of hospital icu moving to arkansas i mean that's a whole nother level of like wow like what is going on uh it, it certainly was i remember before we had adrian my friend uh he's a year older than me he has uh two kids i called him i'm like this was, I'm a week out from Adrian being born. I'm like, man, I'm kind of freaking out. Like, uh, is there a book? Is there a book I can read? He's like, book? There's no book. <laughs> you are effed, brother. You are, I mean, <laughs> you learn on the go. And I just remember him telling me that it's so true. There is nothing that you can read to prepare you for what's to come. But I love this attempting fatherhood because at least we can help them along the way a little bit and share our experiences. Absolutely. And that's it. Like almost every dad I've talked to is like, there is no book. And if there was, I probably wouldn't read it anyway. I mean, that's the reality of like, you know, and, and my wife has these great text chains with her friends that allow her to kind of, you know, kind of be like, what do you guys do about this situation? Or what are you doing here? Kind of encourage each other, tell funny stories like this funny thing happened. And I don't really have that. And I think it's just a combination of no, well, that's not true. I have a couple college roommates and we text, but we just don't text that frequently about this type of stuff. So attempting fatherhood has become kind of this concerted effort to get right to it. Like I, I joke with some, you know, some dads that I've known for a long time. I'm like, we never would have just sat down at lunch and me be like, hey, what's something your dad did that you didn't like? Like, what? I, I right. thought we were, let's just talk about the weather or something, bro. Like, chill <laughs> out, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, I get it. Yeah, my text chains with my buddies. There, there's nothing about fatherhood in those text chains. Yeah. So just goofy, ridiculous stuff. Yeah. So it's it's nice that, you know, and, and I feel like there's more uh there's more opportunity than ever before to plug into those communities from podcasts to Instagram accounts. Um and I, I feel like a lot of the anecdotal stuff is really helpful for me. Um, because, you know, there is no like, you know, one, two, three, ABC, because even each kid is going to be different. I'm sure you've experienced that as well. As you know, boys and girls, uh, they, they are just totally different animals. That's one thing my dad told me a long time ago is, you know, I think uh, my mom was upset and he's like, son, you know, they're, they're a completely different animal. It is like a, a lion and a horse. There are no similarities here. <laughs> And you just kind of, you know, if they act out, then you go and do your deal and vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. There is. I joke with my wife. I'm like, you know, I will never understand you because you don't understand you. Like there's no, there's no secret magic. I just, it's going to be, I'm going to love you. I'm going to recognize that we're different. I'm going to try to, I, you know, something that I've really become, um, more conscious of, I guess, the, the longer we're married. This was something early in our in our marriage that was really uh, something I just didn't expect. And that was things can be hard and that's okay. Instead of me being like, well, then I guess I just shouldn't travel. If it's hard every time I go out of town, then maybe I just shouldn't go out of town. It's like, no, no, no. I'm not saying that you shouldn't travel. You, we need to make money. You need to do that. But I also want you to know this is hard. And I'm like, 
yeah, but if it's hard, then I shouldn't be doing it. Like I, I don't, and, and trying to understand like it, like you said, it's just, it is a different way to look at things. She, she is a lucky woman. Oh, uh, well it's, it, it's because it's because it goes the other way. It's like, you look up, you're like living in a palace. You're like, I think I'm going to behave myself because I kind of like it here. <laughs> you know, it's, exactly. it's that kind of thing. So, um, exactly. uh, and then, uh, do you have, you, you'd mentioned that you've got kind of this text chain with your dads. I'm always fascinated kind of like, does your, does your dadding, your like, let me be a better dad. Does that just come out of your own sense of like, I should be the best person I can. Or is there someone other than your dad that you kind of look to like a, a sibling or a friend or a coworker or someone that you're like, Oh, that, that, that's a good approach. I'm going to try to, I'm going to try that thing. Or is it just kind of, it's built in you and it just comes out. I, I think we're as dads, we're always learning from if, if we're fortunate from our own dads or grandparents. Um, it's funny when we have people, over at our house where I go to a friend's house and seeing the interactions between the wives and the kids like we're all in this together yeah. we are living the same thing and like we we might see a little exchange between a friend and his wife and we're like how did that go over for you I, I just saw that he's like yeah it's not going to be a great night in our household tonight um, so I saw I, that I, coming yes and I'll tell you know Instagram's funny too because uh, my wife's like, oh, look, they're li- living this beautiful life. But I know like right before this picture was taken, they were going at it. And that's Instagram so funny because it's just like people post. And I swear they're just like making others jealous. Like, hey, look at me. I'm in uh, this extravagant place in Jamaica. Yeah. And, you know, you know that as as a couple and with kids, like they're going to have their moments at the extravagant place in Jamaica, you know? So it's, Instagram's funny. I, I think I just, I think people need to take it with a grain of salt and and not read too much into what they see on Instagram. Oh, absolutely. And I, that's something very interesting about social media too, is that can be another place that brings comfort and community. It can also be a place that brings jealousy and, you know, what's wrong with me? I'm broken. We don't have this life type of thing. My brother is like, I'm just done with Instagram. Like, he's like, I just can't do it. And, you know, for me, a lot of what I do and yourself as well is like, it's what we do is digital. So our marketing and our self have to be on there. So, you know, I find that to be, that can be difficult. I've unfollowed father accounts because I'm like, you're living a life that either you've got your professional photographer or whatever, or maybe that's really happening. But either way, it's not okay for my mental health to keep watching (laughs) you and your, you know, your model wife and your kids who were on, you know, baby gap and, you know, in your sauna in Sweden. It's just like, I just, it's too much. It's too much. It it is too much. Yeah. My, my my brother-in-law, he did the same thing. He's like, I'm done with Instagram. I can't deal with it. Um, it, it is a necessary evil for, for you and me, uh, because that is, we do a lot of social media strategy and take over companies' accounts and things like that. Um, my wife's on it quite a bit. I will just check in periodically because my friend, one of one in particular, sends me some amazing content on Instagram, so it's a nice little escape. I would uh, recommend, though, that you put on the, the time limit. I have a 15-minute time limit. And so when it hits, that's a good little best practice. I like that. Um, Well, that's great, man. Well, tell us a little bit about how we can get the book. And then uh, I'm going to have you leave us with some some dad advice. Well, I appreciate the the shameless plug here on the book. Of course. But it's available. If you just put in Craig Lucy on Amazon or hold you book, same with uh, 
Barnes & Noble, it's there. You can go to craiglucy.com and we have uh, some email marketing set up there as well for some updates. Um, but I will tell all the dads out there, um, I've had, yes, so here's some dad advice. I have not talked to one friend in particular. He's really closer with my older brother. Um, they went to UNC together. He reached out. It's like, hey, man, I saw you were writing this book. It's been a long time since we connected. Would you like to go to the Braves game? And I'm at the Braves game with him. He's like, man, I want to write a children's book, too. We already kind of have it written. How did you do that? I had someone else that I haven't talked to since I graduated SMU in 2004. Um, so for dads out there, just observe your kids. There's a million different ideas that um, you'll just notice that could be a good children's book. Um, and it, it is a lot of work, but I'll tell you, it's a lot of fun. You reconnect with people. They're like, holy crap, you wrote a book? It, yeah. Like, my good friend who is, um, he's crazy. Like he was in the crypto space super early. He is a, he is a carpe diem guy. Okay. He's a car guy as well. He actually, Peter Saddington is his name. If you Saddington, know okay. Peter Saddington, he had the Bitcoin Lamborghini. He bought a, a Lamborghini with Bitcoin. Yes. And, and it was like a whole... PR play. We did a video on on him, like a day in the life of Peter Saddington. He literally told me years ago, like Craig, just write a book. Since I wrote a book, it's in, you reconnect with people. It's a fun experience. But yeah. that advice is just go go for it. Do it. yeah, whatever it is. Yeah, whatever it may be, go do it. Um, you know, make the most of of your time with the kiddos. I'm. Uh, with Liam being two here in Atlanta, as you know, we're landlocked, so I can't go deep sea fishing, but I'm gonna make sure he's, he gets good at playing golf or tennis or something, a, a sport that he can play well into his 60s. Um, so dad advice is just YOLO, just go out and do it. Well, Craig Lucy, thank you for attempting fatherhood. Hey man, Bradley, it's a pleasure. Since you're just south of me in Atlanta, if you're ever in this area, let me know. Let's go yeah. grab lunch or dinner. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Or maybe we'll all go to the uh, Georgia Aquarium and, and we'll do some deep sea fishing there. Maybe we yes, can catch we us. Can a... do that. We can do that as well. Well, Bradley, thank you so much. Congrats on your Attempting Fatherhood podcast. It's, it's wonderful. Thank you. Hey, guys, thank you so much for listening to Attempting Fatherhood. My whole hope with this is that we build a community that encourages dads and that brings new information to the table and, and gets you excited about living your life, doing what you're doing. If you have felt that way, please make sure you rate us on Spotify, on Apple. Just rate us. Give us some stars, hopefully five. And make sure you share this. That's equally important. It's a great way to build community, to share this information with other dads. You know, start a text chain, whatever. That helps us. That helps you. We grow this community and all that. Thanks again for listening. Make sure you're following us on Instagram at Attempting Fatherhood. Again, thank you so much and have a great day. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.